Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters and everything else in between. Namaskar, swagatam, hello. Satsriyakal, adab. We're back with another episode of the podcast with much to talk about. Um should we start with what yeah, lots of, actually we uh, watched something recently we watched half of it recently let's start with that i was just going to say should we start with something most of india is buzzing about and uh, not just india but those who love indian dramas specifically period dramas and they consume a lot of ott stuff so we're talking about jubilee which is on amazon prime is oh not the london underground line Are we are talking about Jubilee the drama yes oh the drama i was totally confused i wonder what are you talking about the jubilee line no um you know i'm abs- it's it's basically it's a story of the the beginning the start of bollywood where it all started from what do you even mean by that the, uh, this drama is name the first silent hindi film that ushered in movies in india it started with a it didn't Raja Harishchandra are you talking about that no you're not no, tell me wasn't. so what that, you, that was the first silent film yeah i oh, sorry i was talking about the first talkie oh. because i'm absolutely fascinated with the history of early bollywood hmm. and um this is a period drama hmm. slightly fiction, fictionalized but you can tell quite easily where they've based their influences from so it's called jubilee and it is i think basically the story of um bombay talkies Am I correct there? Yes. Anything you know about Bombay Talkies? Uh only what I read while I was reading about Jubilee. Of course, these names are absolutely iconic, you know, Devi Karani and her husband Himanshu Rai. They set up Bombay Talkies. They and did, they did. that is the first uh similarity that people saw in uh Jubilee because you know this is about Shrikant Roy played by the brilliant Bengali actor Prashanjit Chatterjee. Of course, they've called their studio Roy Talkies. Roy Talkies. So he plays Shrikant Roy. and uh, his wife is played by the gorgeous aditi rao hedri i think who lends herself rather beautifully to period dramas and it's very opulent it is there's opulent a, there's a lot of style in this movie in this series and you there's can 10 episodes yes. we've only seen 5 we must admit because 5 came out yesterday i think yes so we've only seen half of it and i love the fact that each episode has a title like barsat ki raat aag sangharsh the last episode episode 10 i believe is called jubilee so we've only seen up to the interval kyunki abhi kahani baki hai picture abhi baki hai mere dost and this is set in the 40s 50s 60s india uh, um, and that is one of the reasons why people could easily draw a parallel between bombay talkies devi karani uh, uh, himanshu rai and this fictionalized account of a film studio is because they they were devi karani and himanshu rai were pretty much the same thing he was a producer because he was a failed actor he wanted to make it as an actor he couldn't make it so he became a producer instead his wife was the leading lady of bombay talkies she mostly used to be paired across um, with them ashok kumar that's right so apparently people say that all the big stars of the time that you can think of ashok kumar uh, dilip kumar devanand who only a handful of people had known of then he started his first he did his first film for bombay talkies it was called ziddi in in this drama hmm there's a the main, one of the main actors yeah the main heroes his name is uh, jamshed khan jamshed khan and yeah. he has to basically change his name yeah 
to a Hindu name, yeah. which is what happened with Dilip Kumar, wasn't with it? What happened? Yusuf Khan. Yeah. So there are many, many parallels, of course. And as you said, it's because it is Vikramaditya Motwani uh, is the director. Um, I didn't recognize the name of the writer. I don't know if he's written ma many OTT dramas before, but Vikramaditya Motwani recreates that period brilliantly. There's a lot of art deco. There's a lot of dim lighting. There's a lot of action that happens uh, on set. And it's set in that fascinating, well, fascinating is probably the wrong word to use, but in that period where it was just pre-partition. Yeah. And then it continues from, you know, India having gained independence but it, the, you can still see that people are living in refugee colonies which is where one of the main heroes lives in Delhi and you're talking about characters who uh, live in Karachi you see these beautiful Rolls Royces and all your vintage cars and they've, they've not held back on production costs but what I love about the fact is that it's not just a drama where they've splurged a lot of money the writing is extremely clever it's very beautifully written and little episodes from uh, reality are beautifully woven into this fictionalized account. I think there is attention to detail yes. in this drama. Yeah. But what really fascinates me, forget the drama, mm. is the original story of um, Himanshu Rai and um, Devika Rani. Mm. Because they were both very affluent yes. uh, Bengalis, I think. Mm. Because uh, Himanshu Rai, I remember, he, um, I read that he came to London mm. to become a barrister. Yeah. And then he worked in um, the West End. Oh, wow. Which is why he had you know, so much mm. knowledge about latest mm. equipment, mm. what to bring back to India. So even though he came to study law, which he did, he yeah. went back and kind of stoked his passion and founded a studio, which back in the day you had to be very affluent to do and even today. I Forget guess. him. Uh, Devika Rani yeah. was even more affluent. I mean, she was the great grandniece of Rabindranath Tagore. Yes. And I think on both sides, from mm. her mum's side and from her dad's mm. side, there was some connection. Yeah. But her, f what made her so cool was that uh, at the age of nine or ten, she came to a boarding school in in England. Mm. Then she went to Radha. Yeah. And then finally so went to Berlin so to she do um, acting. Wow, which is which was Berlin of the forties. Was I, I think it must have been the late 30s. 30s, the 40s was the it place yeah, in yeah, Europe, yeah. right? Have you seen Cabaret? So, no, Liza Minnelli. Yeah, mm. uh, based on the story of Sally Bowles. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you can see their credentials. They b both had impeccable credentials and that's how they set up Bombay Talkies. But Devika Rani, I think those of us who are much, 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 we came much later and we kind of only hear of this golden period of Bollywood every now and then referenced here and there. I know her as someone who later married, in her later years she was married to a painter because she, her name was a German painter, I think, uh, or Dutch, uh, Roerick. So her name was Devika Rani Roerick. And I don't know if she went through multiple husbands, but this was definitely not. Did she live in India? Because uh, she, I know she lived in India. She lived on a very opulent farm in Bangalore. I, believe it say, or not. I know she died in Bangalore. Yes, outside Bangalore they had a very opulent farm. And I don't think they had any children because you don't hear of... Um, anyone from that family anymore no no um well one of them did have i don't know whether because they, they I, got divorced, yeah, yeah yeah they got divorced of course so it's absolutely fascinating and i think it is the play of light and shade it is the play of 
reality mixed with fiction it is an ensemble which is brilliantly put together because each and every actor in that drama in jubilee feels as though they were born to play that role one of the biggest revelations to me too i would say one is uh, an actress who i first heard of you tell me that she was also in jab we met but vamika gabi i hadn't heard of her until a punjabi movie she had a bit role as a friend ha huh. mm-hmm. you know i was reading about a punjabi movie or maybe i was doing an ad for a punjabi movie and i had to interview the director and in that context very recently i heard vamika gabi's name but uh, what a fascinating actress she is i mean i think of her as a modern day rekha because not only is she beguilingly beautiful she's also a, an effortless actress what's the character's name again uh, nilofar 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 and so that was a revelation to me also apar shakti khurana i mean for the longest time he's aishman khurana's younger brother everybody knows for the youngest longest time bollywood fans knew him as Aishman's brother as the one who had a bit role in Dangal uh, and he's done a few films here and there Helmet and a couple of other films here and there as well but this is clearly his yeah. big moment to shine everyone has acted well i mean yeah. I, i like um, the guy, guy plays Jay Khanna as well yeah even Ram Kapoor i mean he's an yeah, odious man in this and yes. i think he brings it out so beautifully so um so yeah a, a must watch i feel not just i feel that not just for those who enjoy period dramas but for anybody interested in film because this does give you a little history of how the film industry was back in the 40s 50s 60s and uh, you know in a way i mean isn't it, it was a, a reflection of the time isn't right isn't it a very famous story that uh, dilip kumar and raj kapoor were born on the same street in karachi yeah yeah no was not in karachi the the if you ask well that province in pakistan is called khaibar pakhtunwa and they were born you're right a few doors from each other in the same neighborhood kissakhwani bazar it's called it's the kissakhwani bazar area in khaibar pakhtunwa which is now i believe it has been declared a heritage site because there are so many dilip kumar and raj kapoor fans even in pakistan right so um so yeah that is that is of course a strange so coincidence that two of bollywood's biggest actors hail from the same neighborhood so we are looking forward to the um, concluding five episodes yeah no spoilers here we wouldn't like to spoil it for anybody else and we are desperately trying to stay away from social media but we have heard that it ends on a dramatic note and it's quite uh, a you know talking about spoilers i'm well not just me i know you as well we're probably the only two people who have not seen succession yes but it's being repeated on television i think I channel 4 or something like that it's just no no it's on um, or is the last episode last season on now yeah it's not on terrestrial tv hmm. yeah it's on hbo now tv sky or something like that yeah but, i should know because i talk about it but it. what's happened is that one of the newspapers hmm. few hours after it aired huh. it aired at 3:30 in the morning gave yeah. the biggest spoiler away oh on their God. on their front page yeah. of what happens yeah that's irresponsible isn't it you're yeah. not even you have to give pe- i know that social media doesn't care i mean i haven't seen it and fans are prepared i haven't it. seen it but um, i know what happens in the last scene basically now yeah kind of spoils it yeah that kind of spoils it i think but have in the old days it was different because everyone used to watch tv at the same time yeah so it was a water cooler moment you could chat about it now also it's all time in, shifted yeah no and also in the old days there was no social media so the only way you would get to know is if you chatted with somebody else who has seen it and you haven't right now of course even if you're scrolling through your own feed minding your own business on social media you could still kind of come across something which spoils it for you i also understand though the new, what the newspaper did was irresponsible but i also understand there are a lot of people who feel the need to be the first to talk about something to break something 
And because they've been diligently following the entire series, once they find out, oh my, OMG, if this is the spoiler, they want to be chatting with like-minded fans. They don't care if somebody has not seen it. As long as it's out in the open for people to watch, they want to discuss it with other like, well, what did you think and were you expecting it and all of that. So you can see both sides of the story. Well, talking about Jubilee. Uh, but I think one of the things we must point out here that one of the things neither you nor I suffer from is FOMO. And we are happy to be, uh, to take our own sweet time to watch something. But it's always, I suppose, when it is the buzz. Watch and you something, do have the time, go somewhere. Yeah, do something. Meet anyone. Yes, that's true. Um, so I'm, Jubilee is uh, the drama everyone's yeah, talking about so right I was, now. I was trying to do a DJ link there. But Which you, is? Uh, I've forgotten now, but I was going to say, oh yeah, I was going to say, talking about Jubilee. Hmm. Can I just say one more thing about Jubilee before you move on to something else? Hold on to that DJ link. Another lady who surprised me a great deal, and I'm ashamed to say that I've not seen her in anything else other than in Jubilee, because she plays Apar Shakti Kurana's wife, is this actress called, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Shweta Basu Prasad. And uh, your handwriting is so bad, I'd forgotten her name for a moment. Shweta Basu Prasad. I don't know what her name is. How can I write it down? Shweta Basu Prasad is someone who fans of Mirzapur know rather well. So apparently she shone like a diamond in Mirzapur. But I was absolutely fascinated to put two and two together and realize that this is the same girl, same lady who I was talking about on my radio show last week because I read about a short Indian film titled Retake, which is which will be screened at the New York Indian Film Festival in two weeks' time. And Shweta Basu Prasad, believe it or not, has actually written the story and directed the film. She doesn't act in it. And even the story is fascinating. Um, taking a film reference, retake is about Anupam Kher and uh, Zarina Wahab. So they're both art students and their mentor has passed away. So after years when they go to his funeral, they come face to face again. And clearly you can see that once upon a time, they must have been lovers. And it's one of those films that questions what would have happened if you had made different choices when you were at the crossroad of life instead of going left if you had gone right what would have happened so it sounded like a brilliantly interesting film and this lady Shweta Basu Prasad has written it and directed it which so hats off to her she's a consummate actress we can see that in Jubilee but clearly she is a multi-talented lady now give us your DJ link from Jubilee to listen when you have to wait so long for that link you've forgotten that, that radio link is not that good now it's yeah. uh, it's a letdown now. Yeah, maybe was, along uh, with a few names here and there, you should scribble down other ideas as well. I know. But what I wanted to say was that from Jubilee, mm. see at the time it sounded really good in my head. Mm. From Jubilee, let's move on. Mm. We, you know, we had the Queen's Jubilee last year. The crown? Let's yeah. move on to the coronation. Oh, the coronation. Yep. Uh, KC3. Yeah. KC, by the way, is not... Um, and the Sunshine K Band. Yeah. Give it up, give it up. Mm, yeah, he up. is giving up his uh, Prince of Waleshood, which he did give up, and uh, he's, he will be officially crowned King of England, King of Great Britain, and this is in May. So for those who don't know, um, the month of May already has two bank holidays. A bank holiday is a Monday holiday, which is a long weekend, but yeah, now we get three. Most of our listeners don't live in England. You know? Oh, that's what you think. But a bank, So we have an extra bank holiday for the King's coronation, and I was just thinking... I know we've done an old episode years ago when we talk about coronation chicken and how that was I still remember bits put of together it. I think as a tribute to Queen Elizabeth on her coronation. Exactly. 1953. 1950, they made, you're right. They made a, a dish. Do, uh, but she actually, she 
ascended ascended the throne the throne in 52 but the coronation happened in 53 right and uh-huh. they and they made a special dish for her hmm. because you know most british people still thought they were they owned india hmm. that's a different story yeah and uh, they made a kind of chicken with a bit of masala hmm. yeah madras yeah. curry powder yeah which is a bit and, like coleslaw right and it became coronation chicken yeah now this time round hmm. They have eight egg cheese. Mm. How do you have coronation chicken? It's it's a bit like coleslaw, right? You have it in a sandwich. Yes, like egg mayonnaise kind like of thing. Like kind of thing. Okay. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I you, know you like it. You and Rohan like it. I'm not fond of it at all. But yeah. Still around. You yeah. still get coronation chicken. Hmm. But uh, this time round, they have done their planning and officially hmm. there are three dishes I think. Yeah. Which are um, which going are to be meant go- to celebrate go- going to be um, unveiled. So going the, to be the official recipes for the for, king's coronation. For the king's coronation. Which I found quite strange because two of them are not very British. Yes. One is Ken Hom, you know Ken Hom the yeah. when you think of a walk, walk. you think of Yes. Do you think of Ken Hom? He's got a rack of lamb with a nation marinade. Yeah. So I'm guessing that is the far east dict. Mm. Right? And then you've got Nadia Hossein mm. with a coronation aubergine. What? Bagan ka bharta? Like like a, a It probably is a bag about that but this reminds me of um, have you ever seen um, goodness gracious me I have uh, I can make that with a small aubergine hmm. that reference that? was lost on me until you explained it but yes uh, so bagan ka bharta basically nina wadi's character always says that listen we can save money i can make it at home yeah, yeah normally uh. she likes to make it with a small aubergine no matter what it is yeah, no matter what it is uh, so and finally um, hmm. I was just going to say are they making anything English at all yeah, or it would otherwise really put off a majority of the population uh, Adam Handling is making a strawberry hmm. and ginger trifle which sounds delicious So he's doing the dessert Yeah mm. What actually happened Does anyone ever say delish you know I used a word which is quite archaic it sounds delish I might have said it sounds lush Yeah that's the kind of word the king would use I'm sure he would approve Um because his mum had the longest reign in british history and because very few people who were uh, who remember her coronation sorry i hate to digress but talking about the longest reign hmm. what's the weather been like for the last week and a half yeah has yeah, it stopped true. anyway sorry i'm saying that because most people were very young when they must have seen the queen's coronation in 1953 uh, and definitely anybody nobody from our generation was even born then What actually happens when you have a menu which celebrates or commemorates an important event like uh, uh, a coronation? So will these three dishes be available in supermarkets or will the public be expected to make these dishes at home or will they be presented to the king at the coronation banquet? How does it work? Possibly something like that, right? Well, first of all, you said to me no one from my generation was there at the last coronation. Yeah. And then you're asking me this question. No, I'm saying I'm sure but you were you definitely have lived in this country longer than I have. You were born here. You're supposedly a London Finchley boy through and through. Um with a blip on the radar which says oh you disappeared to India for a few spells here and there. But so you must have read about it at some point. If you know so much about coronation chicken, I mean how do we get to be a part of how do we taste something that will be offered to the king it's officially been introduced and soon sure it will be rolled out in soon, the supermarkets soon, right yes yeah, soon when you go to your local supermarket you'll probably get a sandwich oh saying uh, um can cannot ra- rack of lamb yeah. with asian marinade yeah i'm putting my money on that posh chain which is officially the 
green grocers and whatever to the monarchy. I'm sure they'll roll it out. Heston Blumel Thalgi Nokri the Gais ka matlab. What else? What else? So, yeah, so these are some of the big events that we are looking forward to or no, a big yeah. drama that we saw yeah. and enjoyed. So, you know, we talk about so many Asian things. Yeah. Uh, finally, just recently. Yeah. Oh, Priyanka I, Chopra was in town talking about Asian things. What was she talking about Asian things? I know that Nick Jonas and the Jonas Brothers were playing the Royal Albert Hall yeah, two days ago. Because... Was that was that why she was in town? No, Priyanka Chopra uh, and Richard Madden and Stanley Tucci oh, for the star in program. Citadel, which is an Amazon Prime drama directed by Russo Brothers. What Amazon ke baat hai? Uh, we would like a sponsorship from them if anybody from Amazon is listening. But uh, Amazon Prime Pay Citadel starts streaming from the end of the month. The Russo brothers have made it, which is why it just set a big deal. And I love the fact that I think they officially unveiled it at a film festival in Scotland on the weekend. And one of the Russo brothers who had accompanied Priyanka and Richard Madden and Stanley, he said that, you know, after watching films like RRR, he said that I feel that it becomes our responsibility, Hollywood's responsibility to champion cinema, which has been made to such a high standard where it is visually exotic, which is quintessentially an Indian tale, which is seeped in Indian culture and it's been told so beautifully. It has universal appeal. It becomes our duty to reach it to as many people as possible and, and champion it and so embrace they, it. They liked it. They liked they, it. And they, it's quite nice thing for him to say because he was there to promote Citadel. He had no business talking about that. It's always nice when you see a bit of South Asian acknowledgement, some representation. representation, Yeah. But representation not just for the sake of ticking a box, but yeah. Proper accolades. Yeah. uh, Which has reminded me that last night Mm -hmm. while we recorded this podcast. Yeah. Early this morning rather. Diljit Dosanjh oh, yes. was repping Punjabi music at yeah. Uh, Coachella, yeah. which is probably the biggest music festival. I know we like to think it's Glastonbury in this uh, part of the world, yeah. but it's probably Coachella. How is it different from Glastonbury? Logistically, do you know? I only found out when I was reading about Diljit Dosanjh. Apparently, Coachella takes place over two weekends. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's twice that. Huh. Whereas Glastonbury is just... I think Thursday starts, right? Thursday is when people start arriving and you start it's, pitching up your tent and everything. It's, a, it's the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it's the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the headline act will always be Sunday night, right? Or every Saturday night, night, I think. Every night. every night, the late night, seven, eight, nine o'clock and, person is the... But even more exciting at about two o'clock in the afternoon is the legend slot where mm. someone read, you know, like Dame Shirley Bassey. I think Elton John is doing his last gig officially this year at, at Glastonbury. Yeah, but he's probably headlining. Yeah, he's headlining. So, Diljit Osanj at Coachella, that must have been very exciting. And from what I can see, people are saying, well done. He's really got the crowd dancing and, you know, swinging and enjoying the music. And I was surprised to see, I think I saw the right clips. He wasn't wearing all the bling that he usually wears when he does concerts for Desis, whether it's in London or elsewhere. He was dressed in black and he wasn't like you know normally he has a turban which is studded with Swarovskis and he really likes to look the part and he of course I think he's one man who has uh, successfully achieved being a being an actor and a rock star pop star at the same time not one at the expense of the other but I believe he's heavily in demand as both actor and rock star so he was quite I felt that he was quite soberly dressed for Coachella but there you go he, he was a roaring success as you can tell so, yeah, Diljit at Coachella, Priyanka and Russo Brothers and Richard Madden and my favourite, Stanley Tucci coming together for Citadel. And uh, I don't know if Stanley Tucci is now more famous for his acting. I mean, he's a great or for actor. his food and writing. Or, or for making Negronis and uh, yeah. doing travel shows. Yeah. 
I love watching his Instagram stories because anytime he's cooking, he's in the kitchen cooking. You, know, you had a book of his. Do you I had a book. Yeah. Taste. Taste. Yeah. Which is his life story in food. Gosh, I'm sure we've dedicated quite a few podcasts talking about that. I have spoken about it many times. But what I like about his Insta stories is that clearly it's his wife filming and it is to a show off a stunningly beautiful kitchen and b not that he's showing off because he is a hollywood star a bonafide star b it is just so unrehearsed it's not funny because like yeah so i'm making spaghetti sorry what did you say i'm not loud enough okay so i'm making let's just do it again okay no no all right i'll just carry on so you know he's having all this conversation with whoever's filming him mostly it's his wife because she'll say a word here a word there and the other that one of the videos he put up last week i think where he's making pasta he's italian he loves to make pasta and he says how he's the, italian the, american the biggest sin he's, he says he's italian american like no. joe biden is italian irish no i know we know that but he's italian he's an italian american who Not has italian, held on american irish and american uh, he's an italian american who's held on to his italian roots for dear life and mind you what separates him from joey tribiani for instance other italian americans is the fact that his dad was uh, an art teacher and his dad actually took their family to live in florence when they were 14 or 15 for 2 3 years uh, so he's passionate about his heritage culture food and when he's making that pasta and that insta story he's talking about how the biggest crime that anyone can commit is to serve an italian the wrong kind of pasta with the wrong kind of sauce you know and uh, so he's making that and then he's saying asking his wife uh, i'm sorry what did you say what do people want to know oh what color that is he's talking about the kitchen in you know the background oh i think it is i'm not sure farrow and ball downpipe and it sounds rude but i checked that's the that's the shade so he's absolutely hilarious you know he has no pretenses of being a professional in front of the camera when he's doing his insta stories but he's very good as an actor that brings me on to we, we i know we have to wrap up soon yes. but i bring you to point that someone told me hmm. that if you want people to hear your podcast even hmm. more you should make a little video now and then mm. you should put something on tiktok something on instagram so mujhe yaad hai instagram stories mujhe sikha de then you know i'll pata nahi mujhe i'm i don't know sure how we do it we'll hold the f- we're talking into the phone so you'll film me holding my phone and we talking into it i'm not sure that's going to be a great visual after it's been done once but we can always try it i suppose because i'm not gonna pet ke pet ke samne you mean get a producer and get do this properly as we've been meaning to for ages and ages uh oh, we we'll think about it later yes i mean bye bye never i think it's time to wrap and thank you so much by the way for sending us so much love on um uh, various platforms jahan bhi aap sunte hain uh, and keep sending um, cuz uh, shabs shabi shabnam does read them on uh, insta i do the messages um and dm us recommend us rate us tell us what you think if there's something if there's some story that has caught your imagination and uh, you have strong views on it we'd love to hear from you because as you can tell both of us are fairly outspoken about how we feel about certain things i know manish sahi likes to sit on the fence every now and then so he doesn't upset people i don't have that problem listen and, and even if you hate us let yes. us know oh, really let yeah. him know Uh, and uh, you keep the messages for you yourself. You can't stand us anything. God, who do these two think they are? Just chatting about whatever comes into their head. Just a drop in the podcasting ocean. That's true. Uh, until next time then, look after yourself and we'll see you on the next episode. Till then, take care. Bye-bye now.